Lady, the problem isn't in my pants. Bexman. He's trying to get down to the music, but like he's rocking his whole body. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's so fucking strange. And they call that the washing machine. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's I, like the dolphin you ever see. But he, one? but he makes Zazzy beats. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's EDM jazz. It's the weirdest thing. Like he's impromptu making everything in the moment, and I guess it's supposed to be good. Is it not? Well, the crowds would make you think that it is, but your yeah. ears, on the other hand. I mean, we're old though. It's the ecstasy that's making it sound good. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's definitely not for us. Yeah. We're we're too old for... Different tastes. Yeah. And different personalities. I think it's just tastes. Yeah. I'm not calling myself old. <laughs> You're older I than refuse. I am, and I'm old. I refuse. <laughs> you're, one more year, and you're officially old. No. <laughs> I need at least 20. 20? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, welcome to this issue of X-Men. I'm Tony. I'm Justin. I'm Devin. And we're all old. Yeah. No. It's so very different. Fake news. Fake news. Speaking of different, since we were talking about the Ninja Turtles personality types, I've been kind of obsessed with thinking about, like, what Ninja Turtle each Marvel character is. Character? Character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Continuing last week's streak of us not being able no, to talk, because yeah. I'm sure it's going to hit me next. Character. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started with the Reifeld. <laughs> yeah, Rob Reifeld. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what were your findings on that, then? Oh, that I'm not sure what Spider-Man is. He's Michelangelo. Or is he Leonardo? I mean, everybody's is a little Is he a Leonardo bit... trying to be Michelangelo when he's behind the mask? Or yes. is he Michelangelo, who acts a little Leonardo-ish? I mean, he's, he's not... Or is he Donatello? He doesn't keep his appointments enough to actually be Leonardo. He's definitely Raphael with the symbiote. Everybody's Raphael with the symbiote. Yeah. Wait. Well, Deadpool's not. I mean, with the amount of time I see him, like, swinging and eating pizza, like, I mean, I know they all eat pizza, but, like, Michelangelo's, like, the one who does shit and eats pizza. I th- I'm just saying, I think he's probably the one Marvel character who hits all four spectrums. Yeah. Because being a Ninja Turtle is a spectrum. Yeah. So this week we're going to be covering uh, Battle of the Atom Part 1, so it'll be issue 1 through 5. Uh, no, well, chapter 1 through 5, but in reality it is Battle of the Atom Issue 1, and then Uncanny, well, no, all new X-Men Issue 16. We're going to have this conversation. X-Men Issue this? 5. We're doing this right now. Yep. Uncanny X-Men 12, and Wolverine the X-Men 36. It, it matters. Because it's not like, unless you get a trade, it's not like you can just get the entire event, usually. Like, at least with the Marvel Unlimited app, you have to specifically go to each book and find... Not a sponsor. ...corresponding. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so if you want to get those on Marvel Unlimited, you're going to have to rewind this. And if you're Marvel and you want to sponsor us, we'd be very happy with that. I don't think they do those types of things. They could. They should start with with that attitude. They're not gonna. <laughs> I think they don't. They they won't like how hyper focused we are on Scott's penis. I think. I think that's just you. You got no. a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that we're too hyper focused on it. I do. The, the the best part of this is most of the talking about Scott's penis we've done has been off the air. So <laughs> no, it really hasn't. Like to, I mean, 
not literally about his penis, but about like who wants to bang him or who he's oh, banging, okay. or you know. Are you talking about like girth, length? No. Yeah, we save those conversations for <laughs> off the air. No, I'm not talking because everybody knows that Scott is slanging dick. Or is he? Because his name is Slim, and he's rarely drawn slim. Yeah, skinny dudes usually giant wang, right? It's like proportionally looks huge. <laughs> he's like a greyhound. Just all ribs and dick. <laughs> also coming to McDonald's. <laughs> ribs and dick. Uh, just the UK ones. Yep. Yeah, it's like what your Tinder date gets. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Battle of the Atom. <laughs> it starts with Ilyana already being in the future, sort of giving a note to Scott or something. That part's weird, like the internal monologue that's going on. Where she's talking about, like, she knows she's breaking a rule with the whole time-space thing, but she just had to see what the future was. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. She just wanted to try it out. I'm wondering if this is going to be called back on in six. Because now that five happens and it kind of calls back to this, but nothing is set up the letter. Yeah. Well, technically it's four. Where she's like, yeah, where where she mentions she's seen the future X-Men before. But she comes back in five. Which I guess we'll cover... In sequence. (laughs) No, let's start it. Let's do it like Donald Trump eating uh, a pizza in the 90s. We just start backwards and make our way towards the forks. Yes. Okay, so. Stuffed uh, crust. Ilyana is in the future and she sees this future version of the X Men fighting a bunch of Sentinels. And then it goes uh, all the way back to the present where the past X Men are in the lunchroom. Sounded like you said sex men. Past X-Men. That's our next podcast. <laughs> the, 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 the Sex-Men? Yeah. Uh, that one will also, we won't be able to get women to do that podcast with us either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Gene is chastising Bobby because she read his mind and knows that he wants to start a food fight. And it's like, that's a bad idea. And then Kitty's all like, oh, it's just a food fight. You think we haven't had food fights before? And then Jane's like, oh, that's beside the point. I thought, like, you know, you wouldn't want one right now. She's like, we can do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird conversation. Well, yeah, because she just phases. Yeah. She's yeah. like sitting there eating and everything's going through her. She forgets that she's going to have to be responsible for at least getting somebody to clean that up. No, because she remember, she already established to Jane, like, I don't even clean my own room. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> she yeah, doesn't clean care. shit. I like that dupe is uh, cafeteria lunch lady. Yeah. yeah. He's we, serving cookies. <laughs> and we all know that Jean Grey does not respect food. Yeah, no. <laughs> she learned from dupe. Yeah. And yeah, I bet he seasons his food. <laughs> it probably does. And so there ends up being like a blip on Cerebro where uh, like there's a, a large, like a not omega level mutant, but a, a powerful mutant manifestation going on that they need to go address. And their phone wolves. It's a dragon, and it says wolf. It's Lockheed. It's Lockheed. Yeah. Yeah. Barks. Yeah. Because he's like her dog or whatever. I don't know. It's a weird relationship, those two. <laughs> so your voice changes in relation to what you are to that person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they get in the uh, Blackbird, and they're headed to what looks like pink. If pink was like a... A mutant monster maker If person? Pink was the son of Magneto? Yeah. If Pink was the son of <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> His son with giant weird, tits. That, yeah. that is a pretty mannish looking uh, woman. She's like buff. Face. Yeah. But with big but, tits. But I mean, 
in some of the panels too, her face though. You should totally make like buff with masculine. big tits your next album. <laughs> <laughs> she got the white hair though, like she's yeah, you know, son like, of Magneto. Yeah, son of M. Yeah, and, but, and Ice Man totally wants to bang her. Oh, a random star. On the, the, We're getting hints. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she she paints that star on her face. That right? was a tattoo. It, but it looked like she did it to herself, right? In that panel. I thought she put it on herself when she was in jail. Maybe she tattooed herself. It's one of those sticky tattoos you just apply the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yes. it is too perfectly uh, sequential for it to be like, because how's she seeing it? You know, if she's tattooing it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's a temporary tattoo. Uh, <laughs> they just got henna tats in prison? <laughs> but anyway, it's a lady who's like in a weird leotard-looking thing riding a... Dragon dinosaur. But she just monster. got her power. She's got a uniform on. Like what? Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie Heavy Metal, this is basically just that movie. This girl just went to a wrestling audition. Like for yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she looks in like glow. A yeah, wrestler. Yeah. Um. So they're trying to stop her, and then Sentinels start attacking, and then they got to fight Sentinels, and like Jean reads her mind, and it's funny because it looked like the artist went out of their way to have, like, this complex backstory to this character of, like, she was sort of abused, and so she became, like, an angry person and started doing crime. And Jean... Crime did her. Yeah, and Jean projects that out to all the X-Men, so they all are caught up, and it's like, Scott's Scott right away is like, oh, career criminal, cool, let's beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have guessed that one, Jean. <laughs> like, all the nuance of the panels that were just drawn... Is completely gone. We're just like, no, bad guy. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we couldn't have guessed from the monsters in the smashing, but what just showed that she was because they didn't show any panels of her doing anything good. She was just beating people up. She's beating up kids at school, robbing a bank. Yeah. I like that uh, she's reading Liberty Meadows though as a kid because that's a Frank Cho book and he drew the book. Oh, that's interesting. He's like, I call, I'm gonna call back to myself. Thing. Yeah. And uh, she's getting that tattoo, like, it's a real tattoo, guys. Oh, sticker. it is a tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> Did you go back and check? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. checking currently. I'm, I'm looking at it right He's now. looking at it, yeah. Is it like an electric needle, or is she, like, hammering? It's somebody else with the needle. Ah. Oh, okay. So I'm See, just she didn't need remembering it correctly. What? She didn't need a mirror. No. Uh, anyway, Sentinel's <laughs> attack, and... Sweet transition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's classic, you could say. <laughs> and they're being kind of overwhelmed by the Sentinels. And this is probably one of the only times where the phrase, to me, my X-Men, kind of makes sense. Because she actually needs the X-Men, uh, Kitty Pride needs the X-Men to come to her so she can phase them all. Because she's like, they're going to all blast us right now. And for some reason, Scott's like, I can take them. He's <laughs> like, no, you really can't. Go I got here. this. <laughs> Giant killer robots designed to kill us. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of stupid stuff happened with Scott right here just to get to what we're going to get to. Yeah. Because he's making some dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, but Well, sort of. Because he wants to protect the people that are around. And uh, Kitty's like, no, no, we got to protect ourselves because we can't save them all right now. So it's sort of that, like, well, what would you... Because it comes up later with Wolverine where he's like, what would you have done in my place? Because yeah. anyone who's like a hero would have done the heroic thing. But, so she gets them all together, and there's a giant blast by all these Sentinels, and they survive it. But then in the aftermath, there's, like, a mom and her kid, and they're, like, pinned by a dumpster. And so Scott right away wants to go and help them. Oh, actually, right before this, 
the uncanny X-Men show up and older Scott like blasts the shit out of most of the Sentinels and they take them out. Then Scott goes to save the woman pinned by the dumpster and a detached Sentinel head just shoots a optic blast, which is like sort of fuck you. Yeah. No, uh, you had it right the first time. They show up after that. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I think he gets hit again after so they yeah, show up. It wasn't really dumb decisions by his part, but when he said, like, you guys go, I'll distract him. Okay. That was dumb. Like, yeah. You're just going to get blasted yeah. and die. And also, uh, the the noise, the onomatopoeia that they use for the Sentinel attacking Scott the first time is uh, Fashum, or depending on how you read it, <laughs> F-ass whom. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so Scott... Gets hit again after they have. It's like you said, Scott. I turned it. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yelling, screaming, Scott. Scott. Um, yeah, Gene like screams and runs to his side, and there's sort of like this panic because it's like a serious hit this time, and older Scott just suddenly vanishes. So they have triage come and heal Scott, younger Scott, and sort of like there's this whole like, did he bring him back to life or was? Younger Scott just, like, on the brink of death thing. Yeah. I guess they don't want to commit to whether or not triage is that powerful. But he definitely, in his own mind, is like, I just brought a guy back from the dead. And he's, like, kind of freaked out yeah. by it. Scott's like, that's probably in a coma. Yeah. But I like that, like, they meet on the battlefield with, like, Scott and Kitty. And they're, like, they're not all pissy with each other. They're, like, they're they're kind of, they kind of have their remarks. But they're, like, they're kind of glad to see each other in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't dissing them or anything like that. Yeah. They're warmer to each other. But also, they're in the middle of saving them, so it's kind of, it would be weird if she was being an asshole while they were definitely, yeah. yeah. How dare you? Because there, there was a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, hey, so you're bringing green X-Men into the field, right? And yeah. it's like, well, I remember me at this time was barely trained, and you're bringing them to the field. And, like, well, it was supposed to be just a reconnaissance mission. But before they left, while they were at Cerebro, she was talking about how like powerful the mutant was, so they knew there was going to be a fight. They just didn't know there would be a bunch of Sentinels. Um, yeah, so Triage saves Scott, and then they it cuts to the young X-Men, the first class, back at the Jean Grey school, and Wolverine's X-Men are basically like, you're going back home now. We're, we're not doing this yeah. anymore. That could have disrupted all of space and time when... Scott died, so, and, and that was stupid in the first place, and that's when Scott's like, well, what would you have done? Like, you would have done the exact same thing, and I'm saying, like, because there's this whole rift now where it's, they want to send the young X-Men back because it's now more real to them, the consequences of if anything happens to them. Yeah, because Scott straight up disappears when young Scott dies, yeah. and, like, when he pops back in, he's like, whoa, what's, what's going on? And, like, yeah. I just ceased to exist for a second. Yeah, but then he's over it pretty quickly. Yeah, he's cool with it. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Gene! Because later, Triage is still freaked out, and he's like, hey, man, the past is the past. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let some shit go. He's like, hey, you're freaked out. I died. I didn't even die. I ceased to exist. And so, I, you don't see me crying. So, But the younger X-Men are like, hey, what happened to being able to choose your own destiny and like fighting for the freedom to do what you want, and we don't want to leave until we know that the future is straight, like, that it's a place that, like, we've accomplished our goal. Because we've come to a, f- a future where we find out it's the exact opposite, that we accomplished nothing, and, you know, Scarlet Witch is an Avenger, and what have you. Yeah, the, the person responsible for killing off our species is seen as one of the world's greatest heroes. Yeah. Seems kind of weird to me that they wouldn't just go back, though. It's a dumb decision. 
what's happening over there in their time. Like, they could be screwing everything up. No, I think the implication is always they go back to the time where they... Oh, yeah, because they can just yeah, go back. Yeah, so there is no real time where they're not there. Yeah, because sense. of time travel, they can always just come back right to where they mm-hmm. left off. Although, they, they do address that, too. Like, I think some historical things start changing, like, later on in like a future arc, and then they kind of go yeah. back. Yeah, and I know they t- uh, they try to take them back the first time, and uh, they see an X-Men team already there, and they think that the, the past just continued without them, or, like, they couldn't find the original dimension, yeah. but it turned out to be an evil team disguising themselves as the X-Men to trick the uh, first class. You know what, we should probably wait until we get to that arc now that Spoilers. I'm thinking about it. We're not covering that arc, at least for a long time. That's all new X-Men. Yeah, we're covering all new X-Men. When? Right, right now. No, no, that's all new. That's this is an issue. Of not, that's Hopeless' all new X-Men. X-Men Blue you're talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, not X-Men Blue. Oh, Before, I, that I, was Hopeless' all new. With uh, ID and stuff? Is that far ahead? Yeah. Okay. It might be even further. It might be up to Blue, but it's at least at Hopeless's uh, X-Men. Okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, there's that. There's a whole rift of whether or not they're going to go back and they still have to find Angel before they can even send them back. And while they're having this argument, the time machine box thing that they would have gone in starts to glow. And they're like, what's going on? And Beast is like, someone's ac- uh, accessing the time machine. And it's uh, a future version of the X-Men travel back in time. And they're like, oh, my stars and garters. <laughs> oh, so my it's stars. Not, oh, I guess... We'll get to that, but it's dialogue, so it's not that important. But Rachel says that's not the kitty from her future, mm-hmm. but she is dressed exactly like that kitty. Like yeah. the Days of Future Past kitty, she's got the exact uniform on and everything. Well, they want it to seem like the future's an apocalyptic hellscape, so, so she that's the kitty from the Went there and pulled it out of the chest or something? It is weird paralleling, too, that that kitty is like, my future's so much worse than the one you've seen, but like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um... So then issue, well, chapter two is then all new X-Men 16. And it starts actually with the uncanny X-Men kind of reviewing footage of what just happened. Because that's what they've been doing. They've been just going to places and then getting attacked by Sentinels. So for them, this was nothing new. It's like, all right, so let's see what... at this point. Yeah. Let's see what we did here, what you did wrong, what you did right. And uh, I think Ava is like, it's so weird. Like, I know we were there, but, like, it's freaky to even see, like, us fighting giant robots. Also, they draw Hijack like he's a young Tony Stark. Yeah, kind of. Like an Asian Tony Stark, maybe? I can't, I can't tell. Is he Asian or is he Hispanic? He's it's Asian. probably, like, Filipino. Yeah. The Hispanic of Asians. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, anyway, that's when Scott goes to Triage, because Triage is still freaked out. He's like, hey, but so... I never thanked you for saving my life, so thank you. And he's all like, I brought you back from the dead. It's like, well, we don't know if you're that great. Come on now. Uh, well, we, we should probably say who's on this futuristic X-Men team. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, well, they, they get into that say next. Yeah, they say that you next. You just see the picture of them. Um, so, anyway, after... Because Triage is like, are you even remotely aware of how crazy and dysfunctional all this is. And he's like, trust me, I'm aware. And then it cuts back to uh, Wolverine's the X-Men. And I guess Storm's X-Men. Cause te- technically, they're like the same team, but separate teams. Yeah, I mean, they say it's... At points, they say it's Wolverine's X-Men, and at points, they say it's Storm's. But, I mean, we know who's running the show. It's Kitty. 
But is she? Because she gets benched. For all new? Right away. Yes. Well, yeah, for all well, new. they try to bench her. Yeah, and she's not taking that. Yeah, so then it's, it's basically X-Men squared. There's all these X-Men around. And then, frankly, Beast Cubed, way too many Beasts. <laughs> well, good. They have the all two teams. All are just into each other, by the way. They're all just, like, so fascinated with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Until he's full of himself. All of himself. Yes. They have the two teams there. Uh, what's it? Storm's X-Men team and Wolverine and the X-Men. So mm-hmm. they're all in this. Yeah. And then I, th- I think Bendis doesn't like Beast because he's constantly writing Beast yeah, to be such feeling. an asshole. I mean, he's just writing Beast as Beast to be true to the character. No, I know. But, like, Beast really is, like, no one's really blaming Beast except for, like, a few key characters. But he really is, like, the reason so many things go fucking terrible. And every time Beast is talking, he's just so self-absorbed. Yeah. So anyway, the X-Men are all, uh, like, trying to figure out what's going on. And the, the future X-Men, the roster, is a Ice Hulk that they're all just assuming is Bobby. But don't know why it's, like, just, like, a mindless Hulk. It's, was it Molly? Molly Hayes. Yeah, Molly from, Hayes uh, from Runaways. Runaways. Which I like that every time someone brings her up, like, she's vaguely familiar. Who is that? And they're like, oh, that's Molly Hayes from The Runaways. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really just spoon-feed it to you. There's Xavier, who is the grandson of Xavier, uh, Kate Pride. So, you know, Kitty from the future. <laughs> yeah. Where she's Kate now. It's a different future, so maybe she goes by Catherine or... No, she goes by Kate. Does she? Yeah, they call her Kate. There's Deadpool. So, Deadpool, which is weird, too, because, like... A.K.A. Wade, Wade Wilson. Uh, he's wearing sunglasses, but also has the black spots over his eyes, which were part of a mask. So, like, are those painted? Like, I don't know what's up with the black spots. I think it's, like, a, a little bit of a dig at the X-Men Origins movie, where they just put the triangles on his face. Yeah. It's a sticker tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went to the same person. But then he's also wearing sunglasses over them. Maybe he maybe tattooed them on and realized they look bad. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so it's them. Uh, old, old Beast. Too. And then Old Beast, who's got like one horn and like a, a, a hobbled leg or he's whatever. He's got a cane. Like he's, yeah. He's got issues. Oh, yeah, Zorn is there. Zorn. Lady Zorn. So, yeah. They're all talking, and then they suddenly realize, because like, they're like, hey, uh, the future X-Men... Like, hey, this is the moment where you guys all make a terrible mistake and they don't go home and they need to go home because the future is an apocalyptic nightmare. So yeah. send them home now. That, and with that one sentence, we know who, whose idea it was to go into the past. past especially dressed like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, hey, this totally worked to bring them to the future. When I was like a middle-aged me, this is going to work to get them to go back to the past. <laughs> we say middle-aged, but I think he's like late 20s in this. He's our age. Beast? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a weird. Yeah, I guess so. Wait, who is Beast? Older Beast? Sliding timescale. Yeah, beast. middle yeah. Beast. He would middle be beast, like beast. maybe early thirties at the He's oldest. He's got to be in his thirties because Kitty's in her twenties now. Yeah, but like him and Scott are like the same age, and Scott like four or five years before this was like twenty three. But we're speaking from seven years in the future to when this was printed. When this was printed, they were okay with the the ages being a bit higher. That's why Scott's constantly being referenced as, like, 40. Oh, so yeah. they've been peeling that yeah. back. And but so from this, our perspective now, they have to be way younger. 
Before this, though, uh, they they pointed out that Scott was like 25, like a couple years before this came out. A couple years and what? I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was sometime between Morrison and this. Well, Morrison was more than a couple years. Jane, Morrison was early uh, 2000s. It, it, somebody tell Scott that he's a, a 25-year-old who acts like a 40-year-old. Okay, but that's still early 2000s. No, it was after. Oh, they said before Morrison. No, after Morrison. So much is after Morrison. Uh, Whedon? No, it's after, but just... <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, I think it's weird, though. i got to point out that Beast was a cat. And now he's got a horn, horn, so now he's a ram. What the fuck is going on well, here? Well, because he became an ape. He's going through the whole Zodiac. Yeah. He's going to try everything? Yeah. He's going to be like a, I don't know, is it like a pig at some point? <laughs> he's going to get <laughs> a pig a nose. I can't wait till he's a dragon. <laughs> That's going to be cool. I wonder <laughs> if he rams people with that thing. No, it seems but pretty limp. Only on that one side, though. Uh, anyway, they notice uh, while they're having this discussion about the X-Men going back that Gene and Scott are missing. And Gene and Scott actually take off in the Blackbird. And then they do this, like, double back to all the pages where they're having the, the future X-Men and the present X-Men are having this conversation about the uh, past X-Men going back to the past. Jean is realizing she can't read any of their thoughts and that they're actively blocking her from seeing their thoughts and so she's like, Beast, which this is interesting because the issue right before this, there's that connection between Gene and Beast where she's like, all right, I'm going to pick Beast because, you know, he's attractive enough and, <laughs> and he really likes me. And if it's different from Scott, then totally, you know, it, it has to change everything. And it's so funny that, like, she's trying to tell him, like, her concerns of, like, they're blocking their thoughts from me and I can't tell what's going on and I don't think they're being honest and he's just like shut up I'm talking <laughs> and, but like his future self like like I need to hear this because I'm talking right now this is so interesting <laughs> everything I will ever say is the most important thing and there are three of me right <laughs> yeah. now <laughs> yeah he, he literally does say something like this something very important is happening right now yeah it's just yeah. him talking <laughs> and <laughs> like, the, back off in the original <laughs> version of this book before they made edits there's a threesome that goes on between all of them. <laughs> he's like Shh, back off I'm so close to coming shut up they're clapping each other's hairy cheeks <laughs> that happens off panel <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's somehow let the bear think. and the twink and I don't know like what's what's an old gay person uh, sugar daddy phrase? I don't know uh, that, I guess I don't know. a queen a queen I think so I thought I don't it was, know. I thought it was a trans thing <laughs> We're way too straight. I was about to say, we're not qualified. All this. I feel disrespectful because we're not qualified to have this conversation. How yeah. are we? I don't think it's no. Just because I'm talking about something I don't know. I don't know oh. the terms. Not like yeah. Yeah, and I think that that pretext right there is enough to be like okay, and then they're clapping hairy cheeks. That's what we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Long story short, <laughs> you gonna find out why I call me Beast. <laughs> Do you picture it? Uh, That's the sound of a man who pictured that. Uh, yeah, they're all trying to be top. <laughs> no, I think middle middle beast would be laying it down. Yeah. They go in order of age. Anyway, so she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she she can't get Beast to listen to her. So she's just like, Scott. And he's like, I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah. right away. <laughs> Let's do it. He's like, you said something to do it? Jump? I agree. Like, yeah. But I guess I can't get Beast to do it. So I guess I'll settle for Scott. Yeah, he's just so eager. <laughs> he's like, dope, let's do it. He switches, too, like, right after that. He's like, we're dating now, right? Yeah. 
He does yeah. later too. He's like, that's my girlfriend. Yeah, that tech. He's like, yeah, he get that. away from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it is weird because yeah, Jean was saying all that shit like she was not digging Scott at all last yeah. time, and then like when she was so worried he was hurt and stuff too. So it's like the tone completely shifted between them two. Yeah, and they escape because there's a fight that Jean starts because she forces Wolverine to pop his claws, and then the future X Men are provoked and they fight. But this is one of the things I think is stupid. Wolverine's always popping his claws. <laughs> so like, oh, sorry, just... they just they just slipped out. And he even says, "It's not me." And then they fight. Yeah, fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, the Ice Hulk. I like when uh, Wolverine pops his claws. The Ice Hulk looks astonished. He's got this look on his face, just wide mouth. I thought that it was so obvious, but it does just become a big fight. Um, in a sense, there's not a lot of co- to cover in these books because so many of the pages are just big old fight scenes. So like it's that, great to watch, but... Yeah. Both beasts were worried about the lab. Old yeah. Beast's like, not in here. <laughs> Young Beast, not in the lab. <laughs> That's all they care about is that, is that damn lab. Themselves and the lab. Yeah. And then Rachel shows up and... Like, because it's the fighting dies down, and Wolverine emerges from some rubble, and he's like, I was trying to say, I did not pop my claws. It wasn't me. Someone else did it. And they're like, Oh, makes sense. Jean's not here. Neither is Scott. Okay. But also, she is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, Rachel shows up, and she's like, You with the fucking Zorn mask. Like, how dare you wear that here, knowing what that means to us? Like, especially like in this place. And it's like, oh, why? Well, I, I need it because I'm Jean Grey. Yeah. It's like, and then kisses her, which was really weird. For like, some reason, yeah, it's a Darth Vader you. mask. Oh, well, she takes it off, yeah. I uh, can only survive for a couple minutes without my mask. <laughs> uh, chapter three is X-Men issue five. And it explains the mask. So, like, Jean quickly wants to put the mask back on because she's like, my powers have gotten so uh, strong over time that yeah that's false i need <laughs> i know <laughs> fake news <laughs> that i need this to sort of contain it so she puts the mask back on and then they're like well how are we going to catch the x-men or well, not the x well i guess they are the x-men but how are we going to catch gene and scott because they took our only blackbird which doesn't make sense because they seem to have so many teams always off in a blackbird yeah because well you'd think they'd at least have three and also, like, they have the hangar, right? Uh-huh. And then they have uh, what they they end up showing. There's another X-Wing under the hangar. But also there's the one under the tennis court and the one under the basketball court and the food court. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has, like, a plane underneath. And there's the little ship that later Rachel and uh, Kitty are in. I the Hummingbird. Call it. The Hummingbird, yeah. So that's just, like, the fantastic car, basically. Yeah. It, yeah, it does look like the Fantastic Car. Anyway, older Beast is like, I remember at this time, me and me were working on a prototype of a thing. Yeah. And they kind of, there's this big buildup to what it's going to be. And it's just a Blackbird. Yeah. Not painted yet. Yeah, he's like, oh, my greatest thing. Like, his greatest invention. <laughs> also, that'd be great at this, uh, if at this point he points at the young Beast and is like, also, you're pretty much done with Gene from this point on. <laughs> Yeah, that that moment where you th- you thought more about your use than her, she she broke it off. <laughs> yeah, good. But it was worth it, right? Because me times three. 
Yeah, <laughs> he basically traded Gene for another version of himself. <laughs> yeah. He was so excited about he it. He broke up with her for himself. Like, uh, but there's two more of me. <laughs> so, um, Gene and Scott, they had parked the uh, the Blackbird on a, like a random beach and just ran off. Because they figured they tracked the whatever, like uh, the GPS of the Blackbird to wherever they were going anyway. And then they find a random like clothesline of clothes. Because yeah. they figure they also have trackers in their clothes. Yeah, so they take their uniforms off and uh, put on these random clothes that always seem to fit and be the right colors for the schemes of the characters because Gene's putting on, like, a green shirt and stuff. And then Scott, like, falls and then pulls, like, the curtain on Gene. Like, so, like, sort of sees her almost naked, but she covers up right in in time. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, whoops, (laughs) my bad. (laughs) But then she's seeing him, like, shirtless and is, like, kind of blushing in, like, a... Uh, close up so <laughs> also he uh the second because she says uh is that your idea of making a move summers he's uh, back to hiding his boner yeah <laughs> because he turns his back yeah, and is so trying fast. to get his pants yeah. up so he's like sorry no i'm not supposed to do anything <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that's like a cute scene yeah it's funny trying to see him get his pants on too for some reason for a man with geometry powers he can't seem to get his <laughs> damn pants on because that fucking swinging dick that, that we're talking about just... hard to fit in his pants <laughs> but like as soon as he changes his shirt she's like starting to steal a look of him yeah and in two pages they basically undo that entire issue of like her and beast it's yeah. like multiple issues the ones with her and beast and the other one where she was shitting on cyclops like don't even talk to me well yeah because she does say that later is like i'm so happy you uh, listen to me, like when they were in the Blackbird. Spot on, Jean Grey. Yeah, I'm so happy <laughs> I you. I'm so happy you listened to me, especially since I've been such a dick to you. And like that was like the only reference. Is <laughs> like all, okay, so all that stuff Bendis had uh, laid down, just glossing over it. Gone. Yeah. Well, actually, he he just glossed over it because that wasn't all new. So he was. We just know like, Scott was just waiting on his heel or his toes, like waiting for Gene. Yeah. <laughs> He seemed to have planned their whole ex- escape out because he just had one of Wolverine's motorcycles. No, I think he stole. No, no, else's. yeah, it's just someone else's because they were like, "We got to figure it? out how we're gonna go." And he's like, "I found our way out of here." And <laughs> I just, I feel like he, it there. I feel <laughs> yeah. like he stole a bunch of motorcycles and has planted them around in different places <laughs> no. for escape. I uh, bet you anything. There's a little bit of money in like somewhere in, that. <laughs> in those in pants pockets. <laughs> Um, like they just happened to fly to one of Wolverine's houses. Yeah, yeah. it's a roll. It's just a wad of cash in there. <laughs> With one of his, like, families that you don't know about. <laughs> oh, also, the Cerebro Spike. It's something that, uh, Xavier, uh, his grandson, obviously, he, <laughs> like, it's a pill that he ingests, the Cerebro Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that they just yeah, it was made cool. it capsulized and then, like, it activates... And then his brain becomes like a computer, like a projected. Wonder for how long? Did it say how long? Uh, n- not necessarily. I don't Forever. think so. Like Until he, he, just... po- he, he poops it out. Yeah. <laughs> he had to announce it though. He's like, "I'm not taking drugs. This is a cerebro spike." I bet it's like, um, it, instead of like how technology would actually work, it's more like Osmosis Jones, <laughs> where he, they oh, take yeah. the pill and now just a pill guy exists within him. <laughs> I feel like it's a mushroom. He's like, this will expand my mind. <laughs> Whoa, man. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, everyone should know that in Osmosis Jones, there's a, a part in a scene where there's a statue of a sperm, and it says, our founder. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So that's pretty great. It's classic. But uh, anyway, it is interesting the the way the cerebral spike works because then when you the globe that cerebro often shows in like a hologram form just sort of appears around Xavier's head and he's able to interface with it. He and does it look seems, like he's tripping balls during that part. Yeah, and then it seems that uh, Zorn, uh, Jean Grey, is able to like help him like fa- like facilitate and harness the use of it. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting take. Yeah, it's it's better than them having another helmet that they changed the name of a little bit. Like Cerebra or Sideburno or Cerebro. Yeah. So, they're, uh, they're on the bike... And there's a bit more of the whole, like, thank you for believing in me thing. But then she's also like, hey, I need you to stop asking me, do they know where we are yet? Because I'm trying to stop them from knowing where we are. Because she's actively blocking them psychically. A lot, Lots of just psychic blocks in these books. Um, like, just deciding when psychic powers are advantageous and when they're not. But a little bit before that... Kitty and Rachel are just eating cold Chinese food. A lot of yeah, cold Chinese a, food. a fuck ton of cold yeah. Chinese food. It's clear that they ordered the food for everybody like the day before. And well, technically, uh, so the them riding on the motorcycle cuts it in between. The, like that's in between them on the motorcycle. But yeah, they're uh, because they get benched. Um, yeah. Wolverine's team and the future team are like Rachel, Kitty, Young X Men. You stay here. In case they come and back. In case they come back. But in reality, it's like uh, in the X-Men books, Rachel and Storm are butting heads. So she wants her kind of benched. And Kitty and them are kind of butting heads too. And they want her benched. And they don't want the young X-Men involved in anything. Yeah, it's, it, they kind of set it up just so they have more control of just grabbing the young yeah. X-Men and sending them back. Yeah, Storm seems pretty rude in these books. She kind of is a lot... especially when we got in the whole like avx stuff with her and scott yeah i don't remember how she was if she was written that way uh in the x-men books yeah because a lot of the stuff that we covered pre-avx didn't have storm in it no in the uh all-female x-men book going on at this time oh yeah well uh during that utopia period she she's in the books a lot we just didn't cover the main uncanny run and we didn't cover the only thing we really covered with her in it was um what was it? Second uh, coming. Yeah, second coming, and that's just her, like, yelling at Cyclops for X-Force. Yeah. So, yeah, I got, well, at some point we'll have to cover an arc that really, like, she, like writes her well. Because we haven't done anything that does a good job of showing her. She was real good in some old Claremont stuff. Yeah, we'll clever. We'll clever. We'll clever that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to not being able to talk. Donald, clever it. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do while they're on the bike, and... Jean's like, well, I got an idea, but you're not going to like it. And then, so she reaches out psychically, but to do that, she's no longer telepathically blocking Zorn and Xavier. So they're like, oh, well, we know where they are. And they're just uh, three miles up the road, so we'll be there in three minutes or whatever. And, yeah, uh, pretty soon they're pinned down by two blackbirds now. So I yeah. thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah, they, that means, like, because when they, because initially, like, they land when they find the Blackbird, and so they're just like, all right, well, let's split the team up and just oh, fly so they picked two. up the Blackbird. Yeah, they picked yeah. up the Blackbird, yeah. Yeah, they can't just leave it there. They said it was going to get picked up by the authorities. <laughs> they are authorities, though. Oh, legal authorities. 
No, not that team of X Men. No, I think they were. They have to. They're surprised it wasn't picked up by the authorities. Yeah, yeah. And if they leave it there, probably will be picked up by the authorities. Yeah, because the authorities just pick up jets. Yeah, yeah. You don't. That's not a landing zone. The beach. You can't land a jet on the beach. Yeah, it's pretty legal. I'm just saying. Like, can you imagine a tow truck actually towing a jet from a beach? Probably take a while. (laughs) Like they're equipped to do that. I think more of. It would be like S.H.I.E.L.D. coming in with some type of helicarrier. It'd be more like some dude off. smoking a joint in there. <laughs> he just takes it for a joyride. That was a real worry was just teenagers taking it Well, again. yeah, yeah. you've got some guys hanging on the beach. They're like, oh, there's a jet here. And next thing you know, the whole thing smells like weed. <laughs> uh, anyway. It already did from Scott and Jade. <laughs> they're, uh, you know how much he likes green. They're cornered by the future, and, the future X-Men and Wolverine's X-Men. And... Uh, Gene's like, all right, well, I guess this is it. We just got to give up. And Scott's like, no, we're not giving up. We're finishing our conversation. Because he was actually saying, like, so I kind of like you on the motorcycle. And she was kind of trying to change the subject. He was going to say something. And, uh, yeah, but he's like, hey. I'd do anything for you. <laughs> well, he, he cut her off because he noticed, like, there was it was quiet and no one was around. And that's when they ran into the X-Men. Well, I wonder what he's trying to say. He's like, I'd do anything for you. You know what I'm trying to say to you, right? Yeah. What? I'm trying to get that dick wet. Yeah, like what? There's a couple <laughs> things he could be trying to say. I just want to point out that Tony's mentioned Cyclops' dick twice now. You started it. Really didn't. And naturally. I haven't recorded. So they're not dating. No. So you think he's asking. <laughs> he could be asking, like, you want to go for Chinese later? No. That they, Chinese, no, that they already cold? have Chinese. Well, it's gone now. He's already called her. Well, he's going to call her his girlfriend. Didn't so. even ask her. Yeah. Just decided it. But... Uh, Leadership the role jet, right there. Yeah. But uh, the the new jet, anyway, is coming toward them, and he just shoots it. And she's like, why are you attacking them? He's like, says the person who threw Wolverine at them. But she didn't. Like, they just all jumped to conclusions when she made him pop his claws. So that's another, like, weird... It's like a metaphor. <laughs> Were you, was there a rest of that sentence? Because, like, you said that's another, like, weird... Yeah, thing. Yeah, no, no. you just like you just you just stopped, and I, I was like, "Are you still talking?" Anyway, Rachel and Kitty show up in the Hummingbird, and just completely like knock fucking Ice Hawk's head off. It ran right into him, <laughs> which is great because they get called on it later, and they're like, "He could fucking take it." So they land, and they're like, "You think this is cool? You think this is cool?" Like all these, all you X Men ganging up on two teenagers. It's a Cyclops blast Middle Beast in the face. He like at point blank does. range, he would like break a neck. Some, I'm surprised he walked away from that. Yeah, you know they nerfed his power. He was like closer than me and you. Yeah, right in the face. Well, because he was he grabbed him. Yeah, they were like, oh, we need him to stop the uh, the motorcycle, and Deadpool's like, all right, got it, and he shoots the tire out, and then Middle Beast just leaps in. It was kind of like clotheslines and both almost. Yeah, but grabs him. But yeah, because it's like the power that can knock through mountains. Just blast beast at point blank range in the face. Yeah, well, they could be like he made a, the beam weak. And his face is made of mountains. Can he do that though? I mean, I guess since he cut a cake with it, you can do anything if you can cut cake. <laughs> I guess it's a saying, right? I've heard it. I don't think so. <laughs> it's got to be true. <laughs> Must be. You just said it, so I've heard yeah, it. It's true. I read it on the internet. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Kitty and Rachel—they're like scolding all the older X Men for being like overly aggressive which 
to be fair, the future X-Men are overly aggressive, like, all the time. Yeah, I and, wonder why. And Wolverine and Storm's team are just cool with it, like, the whole time. Like, only Rachel and uh, Kitty are even remotely, you know, peeved. Because they wanted to get rid of the young X-Men already. So, like, now they have more of a reason. Yeah, but they did too. Like, they, they want them all to go back. They just want them to want to go back on their own. They want them to get to that point. I think uh, Shadowcat even says that at one point. She's like, yeah. uh, they just need to want to go back. I don't want to force them. But I feel like they were looking for excuses. Wolverine and Storm, like, oh, they got to go back now. These yeah. guys said it. Got to go back. Yeah, I think at one point, too, Storm, even Storm's like, look, we've entertained them long enough. And, yes, it was great because it made us feel like feel closer to Xavier's dream and Xavier since he's gone and we're all mourning. Like, they kept trying to blow it off or, like, relegate it to everyone's in mourning about Xavier. Yeah. And so they're just not thinking clearly. And you know, so, no like, one said a word about Xavier. So, Kitty, you're not thinking clearly because you're just mourning Xavier. I like when uh, Kitty, because when you are saying she was uh, chastising all the X-Men. She looks at Wolverine. She's like, and you, Wolverine. And he's got this look like he's being scolded by his mother. <laughs> he's like, like, what did I do? <laughs> Me what? <laughs> yeah. I did nothing. I didn't stab them. I mean, I only threatened to kill Cyclops, like, in two of the arcs previous to this. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the adolescent Cyclops. He turned all of his rage towards his rap career, anyway. The song Stabby Stabby. <laughs> anyway, they uh, this was all basically just a distraction so Gene and Scott could escape on the hummingbird. And then uh, they Take get... it underwater. So do you think Rachel was psychically blocking them because she said, I got a few tricks that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Because Rachel seems to be, uh, at least what they were talking about, seems to be a little on par with the power of uh, Zorn, Jean Grey, and Xavier. Like, she gets overwhelmed later, but, you know, she's able to resist them to a point. Yeah. So just enough for them to escape. And probably, like, she had young Jean help her. I mean, she's super powerful. That's one of the powers, too, where it's like they kind of fluctuate it whenever they feel like it. Because mm-hmm. it's been said she's stronger than Emma, but not as skilled as Emma. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Scott and Jean end up going to Utopia, what's left of it. And the uncanny X-Men are there. And they're just sort of like, hey, how are you? You rang. You, you rang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so issue, well, chapter four is Uncanny 12. And it starts right away with Maria Hill. And shield like they're in a helicarrier and uh some shield agent is saying that they're picking up uh signs on their like temporal displacement division that there's more shifts in the space time and what have you like whatever that jargon is yeah and it always comes from the same damn place yeah and so maria hill is like fucking henry, uh, henry mccoy that piece of shit and she's just like angry and yelling about how much she hates Henry and Mystique, which is pretending to be Dazzler. Is like, how do you know it's him? He's like, it's always fucking him. And we should have her on the podcast. Mystique or Dazzler? Both. Maria Hill. Oh, Maria. <laughs> she shares the same opinion about Hank. Yeah. It was funny, though, because she calls her Agent Dazzler. She's like, Blair. Yeah, Blair. And he's like, ignoring her. And he's like, Agent Blair. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Which is funny just to call somebody Agent Dazzler. Yeah. But I think. I, I found it more funny because obviously Mystique wouldn't care, but she would like to interrupt uh, Maria, Maria Hill's yeah. rant. So just sort of like those uh, quick jabs. Because it's like when you're not somebody else. I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's like trolling on the internet. Yeah. She's not really Dazzler. Anything she does 
she's not getting blamed for it. So she can just be a dick to Maria. So anyway, the uncanny team actually turns out to be pretty torn on what to do with Scott and Jean because now they like like oh so you wanted help but now we're here and you're saying you don't want to go back in time because the people who came from the future to tell you you have to go back in time you didn't trust them and like because even Jean like saying it out loud to them it seems like she's not exactly confident in what she's saying it sort of seemed like well they were blocking their thoughts from me so that's shady right and the cuckoos were like definitely anybody who like stops you from reading their mind they can't be trusted and scott's like yeah well i mean they might have had reasons they might have like not wanted you to see something terrible time travel and whatnot and that's part of what's dumb about this is that technically there is a rational way to look at them blocking their thoughts initially and there's like the well the fact that we all know that they're actually kind of villains so i didn't know that yeah we did yeah we did yeah we did so like the that, listener didn't know that influences. Come on, look at that team. <laughs> look at that team. That's calling you out. If you didn't know that. You're <laughs> stupid. They're just listening to us. They're not even looking at that team. <laughs> they what? let they let Deadpool on. <laughs> they let exactly and Beast. Beast is known Beast villain. Is look at that team, villain. and he looks the villainiest version of Beast, basically. Some Until people... Dark Beast gets spider legs. This is the most villainy beast. Also, Xavier. It was a wasn't a giveaway for me because they exactly. got Kitty Pride. Xavier's on the team. <laughs> Kitty Pride and Molly Hayes kind of made me think otherwise when I first read it. I just think there are so many red flags. Oh, there's definitely red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Jean and Zorn's mask. Oh yeah, Jean sounded. I mean, Jean Grey is always like super nice though. Zorn, but yeah. it's not Jean Grey. It's I Zorn. feel, I feel like every time that Jean Grey is shown, she's brutally psychically attacking somebody. Young Jean, oftentimes. No, well, I'm talking about like new, uh, new X Men when she does it to Emma and like scars her for life. Wasn't she Phoenix at that point though? Yeah, well, yeah, no, but it we, was still Jean. She just had the Phoenix. Yeah, that's what they all. Did they all say it was Jean. She just had the Phoenix. They all blamed yeah. Phoenix, <laughs> except when it comes to Cyclops, they're like. You, the Firebird had nothing to do with that. No, he still right. blamed the Phoenix. He did, but everybody else was like, it was his that's no excuse. It me. You're not Gene. Cosmic Firebird. <laughs> yeah, they put the blame on Cyclops. Yeah. So, uh, ultimately, though, Scott's like, all right, we're going to help them. And then Emma and Magneto are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? How is that smart? They need to go back in time. All of space and time are, like, in the, like, balance here. Like, Dangered. Yes, exactly. They are endangered. So, uh, also, magic just disappears on them. She's hearing all this, and she's just like, yeah. oh, gotta go. I mean, she didn't just, just disappear. She excused herself. Well, she does say that, oh, that's definitely Xavier's grandson, and then leaves. So she leaves well, she says, with even more them questions. Before. Yeah. She's yeah. like, because I've met them before. If you'll excuse yeah. me. She does literally excuse, yeah, excuse herself, herself, and then... Yeah. Disappears. And I like Scott, how Scott and Fire and, Dragon yeah. warped away. And Scott's like, "Did anyone like read her mind real quick before she left? Because we could use some uh, exposition here." It's yeah. very scary there. <laughs> I like yeah. that she just or he knows that she just does whatever. He's like, "No, nah, I have no idea where she's going, when she'll be back." It's a free Roman bus. Yeah, yeah, free. <laughs> uh, well, but the Fire Dragon and stuff. That's because she embodies all of Limbo. Yeah, and the, the, but the, what a great way to teleport away! Yeah, <laughs> to like subtly be like, "Excuse me," and then a fire dragon. <laughs> yeah. I like how the cuckoos said, uh, "Yeah, they're not going to read her mind." Like it's scary there. Yeah, and 
uh, so Emma, like, irritated that Jean, uh, Jean, um, well, she is irritated Jean's there, but that Scott's choosing to help Jean and his younger self, uh, she kind of tears into Scott quite a bit, where she's like, you're just thinking with your dick, which, ill. No, you're bringing up his dick. Well, well she Emma says does, that. yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> it was, it's like a weird, like, she, like, she blazes him, and then the cuckoos are like, ooh, you're savage. Oh, sit burn. <laughs> She's got a bunch of Flavor Flames behind her. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she even says that, like, and of course, like, the only thing you like more than Gene is yourself. Yeah, like, now you got a two for one here. Yeah. <laughs> a threesome with young Gene and yourself. And then Magneto's all like, okay, so she's being rude, but also. She's right. <laughs> she's right. <laughs> what a good idea. <laughs> yeah, because Magneto is basically agreeing too. Like, you're you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. And then Zorn shows up. Uh, the future X-Men, they all show up and stuff. And it's because Emma invited them to come because she disagrees with Scott. So she's like, no, they got to go back in time. So even there, they have a rift within their group. Yeah, I like that regular Kitty is arguing with Kate, and Kate's like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I used to be like that. And Deadpool's like, I used to think I was in a comic book, so, you know. Yeah, that was funny. Shit happens. Yeah, Deadpool does have great lines. Yeah, they very rarely have him speak in this, but almost every line is, is awesome. Yeah. And then Chapter 5, Wolverine and the X-Men, Issue 36. And it starts with both Scots are just standing there, like, not knowing what to do because there's a psychic battle going on. Oh, yeah, because chapter four ends with Emma and the Cuckoos realizing it's Jean in the yeah. Zorn mask. And uh, they kind of want to fight. Yeah, because she didn't know she was inviting Jean Grey to come and save the day. So as soon as she learns that it's Jean, she's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. I, I, like, no, you can't take them because she was going to beat the shit out of you attack young Jean. She's like, why don't you fight me instead? Which yeah. I don't know why she would do that because her powers are broken. But Just any chance to What's to boosted? slap around Jean. Yeah, and she's boosted with the Cuckoos. Yeah, she's got the Cuckoos. Oh, that'd be an awesome album name for like a like a late 80s band. Boosted by the Cuckoos or She's Got the Cuckoos? We She's Got the Cuckoos would be like 50s and then I think like maybe 70s would be boosted with the Cuckoos. Okay. So anyway... Younger Scott's like, I feel like we should be doing something. And older Scott's like, yeah, we will be fighting soon. Also, do you notice that's Gene? He's like, how do you know it's Gene? Gene told me, like, how to read minds, but not really. Like, that's that was a weird thing, too, is like, how do you, if you're not psychic, still can kind of read minds? I think he's able to sense, like, kind of like how they're able to block people, even though they're not psychic. Not fully block people, but they have some sort of psychic defenses. Okay. Talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you're, you're watching the five of them just stand facing each other. Uh, but then they show, it's like, it's in psychic lines, it's uh, younger Jean, Emma, and the three cuckoos are all in, like, red fire kind of looking energy, fighting Zorn Jean, who's, like, in a blue fire energy. Yeah. And Wolverine gets blasted yet again by young Cyclops. Yeah. Well, because it's still the whole argument, well, first... Older Scott and Logan are having a conversation where Logan's like, so are you serious with this team? Your students, like, if they were any greener, they'd glow in the dark. Like, and you're going to bring them to something like this? And he's like, uh, I was just answering a call to help somebody. I wasn't expecting a full-on fight to bring, like, 
you know, seasoned warrior, you know, uh, X-Men or anything. Like, they just, like, they're our students. They come along with us. But, like, I see, what, like, how responsible you are handling my younger self and my team. Technically, they brought the fight to them. Yeah. And he's like, how dare you bring these kids to a fight? And they went there to fight the kids. Yeah. He's like, how's this making sense again? <laughs> we, we weren't <laughs> trying to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, Scott, or young Scott wants to get in there and stop the psychic battle. And old Scott's saying, don't worry, our battle will come. Yeah. Which he says when Wolverine shows up and starts talking smack. Yeah, he calls him slim and slimmer. Yeah. Sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> the sick burns are off the charts in this. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, younger Scott, like you said, uh, he gets tired of hearing Wolverine and just blasts the shit out of him. And then that starts the whole fight with between the x-men there the physical battle yeah because yeah, said stop talking to us like we're children because it would suck because he's just sitting there listening to two people kind of talk about the fate of his life yeah while he just sits on the sidelines yeah i mean i guess it's like uh you know when you're like you'd be pissed off when you're a little kid and your mom would be talking to people on the phone about how mad you are <laughs> shut up shitty you did on your homework yeah and you didn't like your grounding it's like that but with destiny <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the fight between Gene and uh, the others, Gene like beats the shit out of Emma and the Cuckoos, and then it's just her and her younger self. See, this didn't make sense because Emma's powers are broken, and she knocks the Cuckoos out before Emma, which together the Cuckoos should be pretty powerful. Yeah, I think that's that's just a lack of attention to detail, because Bendis isn't writing this one. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was some garbage. Yeah. I forgot her powers were broken, and I was mad at Emma losing like that, but I was like, oh, yeah, her powers are broken. Because Emma, full-powered with the Cuckoos, should be winning this. Well, n- no. Not necessarily, right? Because this is this is what I'm saying really doesn't make sense about this whole future Gene thing. She introduces herself early on and says, my powers have gotten to such a high level that I need to have this mask on to can help contain them. So then she definitely must be stronger than her younger self, which is sort of supported by the fact that her younger self has to then use the help of uh, Emma and the Cuckoos to fight Jean. So now you have sort of a stalemate of power because you have these four powerful psychics against one very powerful psychic. But then that very powerful psychic beats the Cuckoos and Emma. And I think, you know, you just go in that uh, degree of progression because that writers assume the Cuckoos are all weaker than Emma. And Emma's a more prominent character anyway, so she would have to go down second. And they even made, like, the one cuckoo that was standing out, like, she went down first. Uh, Irma, right? Is the one who dyed her hair? Yeah. Yeah. So, she was like, brunette out of the way, now just the blondes to go. And if you think that the cuckoo's powers are mainly in tandem with each other, they've just gotten weaker, so they are maybe weaker than Emma. Because I think maybe on an individual basis, too, each cuckoo is weaker than Emma. But together, Currently? they're stronger. I just mean in general. In I general. I think what the, what the writer might be thinking with these characters, and then, like you I said, don't forgetting think, that she, her powers are broken. If her powers aren't broken, I don't think the three cuckoos are stronger than Emma. Uh, together? Together. No. No. No, that was established early on. Yeah. When uh, when her, they found out her powers were broken and that they could toy with her. Because they wouldn't have bothered. They wouldn't have been able to do that in yeah. the past. Either way... It established that she's so much stronger than younger Jean out of all this. But then she it becomes a one-on-one battle with younger Jean and younger Jean's holding her own. So you're like, okay, maybe she's just digging deep now to hold her own. But then she wins. And it's like, 
And and then uh, older Jean cops out saying, oh, I forgot how much more powerful I was when I was younger. Okay, now you lost me. Because yeah. you said that she got more powerful than she was, but then she faces herself and went like, nah, I was lying. Well, it already didn't make sense because it's been established a couple times they've had the cuckoos talking crap to young Jean or about her. Yeah. And they're like, well, she's not as strong yet. She's still learning her powers. Yeah. But the cuckoos go out immediately after they've been this, like, trained and stuff. Compared I mean, to Jean Grey. I can believe that if this is, like, the moment that she's getting more powerful. So I'm saying I, I, can, I can follow it to a certain point. For but me, it, it was the, the sudden switch back of, like, oh, no, never mind. She's not more Older powerful. Older Jean just con- confessed that younger Jean was more powerful. But it's expertise, too. Like, how many... This is the first time Jean has ever been in a battle like this. Young Jean. Yeah. So she's got zero expertise. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. This is this is the one thing that, like, just stuck out to me. Like, how the fuck did that happen? But anyway, while the psychic battle's going on, because technically at this point, she just... Uh, older Jean took out Emma and the Cuckoos, and it's now one-on-one between two Jeans. Icehawk goes crazy... And actually, like, tries to kill Scott because while they're fighting, like, it's sort of implied that they're still pulling punches between all the X-Men. Like, they want to beat each other but not, like, maim or kill each other. But everyone's like, holy shit, Ice Hulk is going way too far. And then uh, the actual X-Men, like, uh, Wolverine and Ice, the uh, current Iceman, is trying to stop the Ice Hulk. Like, you guys can't control this thing? What is going on? And then magic shows up where Beast and young Iceman are because they're still back at the mansion babysitting Shogo. Uh, and she's like, I need you guys to come with me to the future because Beast is trying to figure, like, he's researching the future, trying to figure out, like, okay, maybe something wasn't quite right with that group because now that he's not enamored by himself in the room, yeah, <laughs> he's thinking a little more clearly. So just as he's doing that... Well, he's man, probably researching himself. You know what? <laughs> maybe... No, I think he was, because you can't really do that. I think he's comparing and contrasting all the past adventures that the X-Men have had with future versions. I assumed he was just reading, like, Beast Logs. So going through and, like, because, you know, Beast Logs every mission that they do and describes it. But he's not necessarily part of each mission. No, but... But, I mean, there's Days of Future Past stuff. There's Cable stuff. There's, uh, what's-his-face uh, Bishop stuff. Like, there are plenty of characters who come from future shit and alternate timelines. Rachel, too. That they may have documented. Yeah, they probably well, sit yeah, down and look, have a long past. conversation oh, yeah. with them. Because that, like you said Isn't before... is Bishop, too? No. No, that's just, that's just the That's animation. a cartoon. That's the cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Rachel was with Franklin Richards. Yeah. Yeah. And she even brings up, like you said, to that version of Kitty Pride who came back with that future X-Men. Like... You know, you're nothing like the, the the Kate I knew. You know, you dress just like her. Yeah, just like her. Well, uh, real quick, we, we skipped a line that I've probably brought up on here like four or five times. <laughs> so let's get it again. Well, because now it's the book. Yeah, <laughs> now sense. it's actually the book. It'd be oh, weird yeah, yeah. if I brought it up in other ones and not the book we read it in. But uh, Deadpool's questioning whether Scott's new class of X-Men are actually, like, the real X-Men. He's like, who are these kids anyway? They must not grow up to be the X-Men because I've never heard of any of... Wait a second. Is that Gold Balls? Dude, you're a fucking legend. And he asked for his autograph. 
Yeah, and that that moment felt bigger to me over time, but then going back and reading the book, it really is just sort of like a, a random panel that they threw in. Because every once in a while, they got to remember that they have these new mutants that Bendis created. It, well, gold balls become such an icon later that the moment gets inflated. Yeah, anyway, uh, Magic then talks Beast and Iceman into going with her to the future so she can show them what she found. And uh, so they just give Shogo to Brew, which, you know, is kind of funny because it's like a... Like a really evil-looking alien, it's now taking care of a baby. And really the, sweet guy too, Brew. Yeah, yeah. The baby's crying. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, he looks scary. And then Gene beats Gene, and Deadpool then has this grand speech where he gets everyone to sort of calm down because of all the fighting. Well, Gene reads Gene's mind when she beats her. Yeah. To see what's going on in the future. Yeah. Because that's the big thing looming is that they just won't let them know what's happening in the future. And that's another kind of dumb thing. If they just would have told them what happens in the future, none of the fighting would take place. But, of course, they can't just tell them because Well, the whole premise is dumb. Well, because it's like, oh, you can't know about the future because it's going to screw up your timeline. Even though you're in the future seeing stuff that you shouldn't be seeing. Yes, and even though it's already established that as soon as you go back in time, Professor Xavier is just going to wipe all your memories... Yeah. So why would knowing anything from further in the future matter? Like, that's the thing that I can't get past is like, wait, but they've already seen too much. What's a little bit more right. of of something that is going to be erased, right? Because the future X-Men want their timeline to be changed, theoretically. Because otherwise, why do they come back to stop them from doing what they're doing? If anything, they just established that the fact that the young X-Men stay in the present doesn't end the world. Like, existence keeps going. Yeah. I think, well, that's a gene. Not so bad. They don't they don't believe that crap from the new future X-Men or whatever. Well, Gene and Scott don't believe that crap. Yeah. Everyone else buys right into it. So, anyway, Deadpool gives a speech, and like you said, Gene reads her older self's mind and sees whatever it is that she was too scared to show her, and she goes to Scott and is like, all right, we're done. We're going back, and fucking Angel's like, finally! Like, I've been trying to get you guys to be on my side about this. I like that uh, Deadpool's gun, just gotta point out, his uh, scope, or his light is taped onto his gun. (laughs) (laughs) No rails on that gun, that thing is just... Because it's apocalyptic, man. Taped. Like, they don't even have, like... It looks like bandage tape, too. Yeah. That perfectly describes Deadpool, though, just, like, taking something that could fly off the handle at any moment and just putting a Band-Aid on it. There you go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Wolverine comes up to Deadpool and he's like, hey, uh, I, I, I don't normally compliment you on things, but thanks for giving that speech. It was one heck of a speech. So they're not going to start now. <laughs> and then he walks away. But while he's still in earshot, uh, Deadpool's like, yeah, it was a pretty great speech. Too bad it was all a lie. <laughs> So before we go any further, we have a reenactment that we're going to play for you guys again. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Carla Mack and Chris Stevens. They helped us out with the voices of Jean Grey and Magneto. Carla Mack, you can find her at Carla underscore Mack uh, for her Twitter. And Craig Stevens, you can find him at, at Foolish Critter and at the Foolish Critter for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we could not have made this without them, so I wanted to say thank you to them for helping us out with this and uh carla has even uh, got some really cool stuff that she's done she's done lost legends of Redwall. uh she played two, two different characters on that 
And she also played Abigail Pike in Cold Open Stories, Warhammer 40k audio drama, When All the Lights Have Gone Out. So yeah, go check those guys out. You are old and broken, Zorn, and you are going home, not me. God, I forget how strong I used to be. No, you have no idea what you're doing by staying. All the people you are damning. Yourself most of all. Please, Jean, don't do this. What happens in the future? I want to know. You... you can't. It's too dangerous for you to even... You came back in time to beat up your teenage self. Don't lecture me on the dangers of knowing your future. Show me what happens that's so terrible. Show me the future. Uh. Oh no. Oh my god. Stop! For God's sake, stop trying to kill each other. All this fighting, it's too much. Even for me. I can't do this anymore. You want to know how screwed up things are in the future? Open your eyes. It's so screwed up, they made me an X-Man. So screwed up, we had no choice but to travel back through time and try to change history. You guys don't want our future, believe me. Some of you really don't want our future. It's not like the old days, when we were always laughing, remember? Or at least I was laughing. Nobody laughs in the future. Must be all of the funerals. The future sucks. If you guys are just gonna make us go back there, then, well, then I guess I quit. My healing factor ain't what it used to be, so I think this might actually kill me. God, I hope so. Bury me in chimichangas. Wait! Oh, come on! That was gonna be an awesome death scene! No one's dying here today. We're all going back where we belong. All of us? Jean, what are you? They're right, Scott. I'm sorry. We don't belong here. This is... them controlling you. You don't mean this. I do. Then tell me why. What happened? What did you see? Scott, do you trust me? Of course I do. Then trust me when I tell you, it's time to go home. We're not letting this go, are we? What do you think? I think they're absolutely right. I think those kids have no business being here. They remind you of what a bastard you used to be? Is that it? Maybe I just think your judgment should always be called into question whenever there's a pretty girl with red hair involved. Maybe so. At least this time I got to say goodbye. Can't believe I'm saying this. But thanks for speaking up back there, Wade. That was... Some speech. Yeah, sure. No sweat. I just hope we can set things right for you. Yeah, me too, Chief. <laughs> it was a nice speech, wasn't it? It's almost a shame it was all a lie. And then it shows the uh, the future that Magic takes Young Beast and uh, Bobby into, and it's the Xavier School and everything looks great. 
and they meet the X-Men. Like utopian, kind yeah. of. Like it looks nice and futuristic. And I'd like to point out, because now that we're going back, I noticed there's Sentinels there that stop them. And they're like, oh shit, Sentinels. But it, yeah. the Sentinels work for the X-Men, it looks like. And then on that first issue, when uh, Magic's in the future, you see those future X-Men, the bad ones, fighting Sentinels. And the Sentinels are working for the good X-Men. Yes, which is a fantastic point, actually. Now that we figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, just want to point out a little bit that Deadpool, his glasses are those lenses that like change depending on whether or not like the amount of sunlight. <laughs> that's, because they're completely see-through, and then he ducks his head a little bit, and then they're sunglasses. Oh, nice. So he really, they're prescription glasses? <laughs> yeah. And so the X-Men team that you see at the end is Quentin Quire with the Phoenix, Colossus with Magic Sword, and a big mustache. And a big uh, Van Dyke mustache. Like the ones that goes down with like fucking handlebars. And Iceman as a wizard. Yeah, Ice Wizard. And Badass. then uh, the other ones I'm not quite certain of. I know Shogo is technically the Iron Man looking one. And Yeah, because they keep calling him a human. He's got and, no powers. And you got, looks like Storm and Black Panther's kid. Yeah, Storm and Black Panther's kid, I'm pretty sure. I'm just not sure. That who, looks like Psylocke and Wolverine's kid. Right, or it could be related to Jubilee somehow. Like that one's like just vague. Well, because she's got the uh, kind of weird lightning bolt thing on the face that Psylocke wore for a while. And yeah, she's also got the psychic Wolverine knife, claws. but it's a psychic yeah. Wolverine claw. But then she's got glasses that are really Jubilee-ish, and looks like she's Asian. It was which could also be a Psylocke. It was thing. a threesome at that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how kids in- are made. All right? she inherited was the glasses. And then a guy who looks like if Sunfire and uh, Cloak had a baby. Maybe magma. Yeah, that makes more sense since they're both dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the part though of him that's like takes after cloak is not having a body. <laughs> just being a yeah, just body being a, that. Yeah, just a big old cloak. Yeah, that's the first half of Battle of the Atom. Yeah. That was uh this part of Battle of the Atom. <laughs> <laughs> that was this part of Battle of the Atom. <laughs> Thank you. I figured I have Thank to add you it in for there continuing too. the loop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we got T shirts and stuff. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the baby onesie? I know you like those. I thought you were going to go through the list. There's a onesie. <laughs> I was, I was, we would go through the list together as like a team. Oh, okay. But I can just go through the things we have. We have laptop cases. We have phone cases. We have pillows. And that tapestries. is it. No, <laughs> there's stickers. And there's got to be tapestries. And stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's, oh, you can get a carrying bag, like a little tote bag. Yeah. Mugs. Multiple sizes. Yeah. I know. I like that you said carrying bag. Like, it's a bag. Carrying bag. Yeah. It's a carrying bag. It's a bag that really... Tote. Really feels for you. It's yeah. Tote's a bag. <laughs> I'm going to kill Travel myself after this episode. <laughs> uh, Travel mugs. Go like the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram. You should get a pin and wear it to work. <laughs> yes. Everything at Mexmen Podcast. The there link are refrigerator to the... magnets, I think. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> There should be, though, now that I you think say that. I think there are, actually. Are there? I think so. I just put one up for uh, the Graffiti on the Sun logo, and I'm pretty sure there was a refrigerator magnet. I didn't know. I was just looking. Yeah. There's a sale going on, but by the time you hear this, probably be over. But there will <laughs> be a new one. Yeah, there's, yeah, a there's always yeah. a new one. Yeah, because there's always less money for us to make. Yes. <laughs> so don't buy it at the sale. No, buy it, buy it whenever. <laughs> Jesus. Buy one. If you're going to buy it. It's Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> and Twitter. Everything's at Mexman Podcast. Uh, the link to all of our social media and our T Public will be in the show notes. 
And that's for today.